Hello Waterloo Road fans, it's Tom Beasley here, your podcast host, welcoming you to your latest interview special episode. My guest for this interview is Stephen Waddington, who brilliantly played Adam Fleet in the second half of Waterloo Road Series 5. It was great to talk to Stephen, he has lots of fond memories uh, of his time on the show, uh, and we also got to talk about some of his upcoming projects, including the enormous Uncharted movie he has made with Tom Holland and Mark Wahlberg, which is coming out in just a couple of weeks. But of course it was great to dig into Waterloo Road uh, with Stephen, talk about working so much with Eve Pope, um, the role of the Adam Fleet character as a sort of healthy eating person at the time of uh, Jamie Oliver. It was great to talk to him. Lots of fun stuff in this conversation. And of course, if you want a special extended version of this interview with the Patreon Q&A segment, that is available via the Patreon page, patreon.com slash Pod. If you would like to subscribe, you get access to the extended version of this interview, extended versions of all of our other cast member interviews plus lots of other stuff reviews of other school shows like britannia high um, looks back at particular waterloo road characters our waterloo road awards loads of stuff over at the patreon page and i would like to thank those of you who are already patreon subscribers so thank you to claudia graham to tom percival to hannah louise who would like to shout out nhs mental health services to Georgia Leah, who is the Avocado Bath on both Instagram and TikTok. Thank you to Sarah Mythen, to Eve, to Emily Berry, to Lucy, to Dylan Gover, who is at Dylan S. Gover on TikTok. Thank you to Matthew Kumar and to Lottie Smith. Your support is much appreciated. And if you would like to join that list of shout outs and get access to the Patreon, all you need to do is go to patreon.com slash Pod. Now, without any further ado, let's get to the interview. The next thing you hear will be a brief clip of Stephen Waddington in action as Adam Fleet, followed by our interview. I'm not going to hurt you. You can't say that. I can. No, you can't, Adam. You have no idea what's around the corner for us. Neither of us know that. You're wrong. I do. Or at least what I want to be around the corner for us. Rachel, I just want to spend the rest of my life with you. And... Well... Well? <laughs> I want you to be my wife. It's really lovely to have you on. Thank you so much for, for, for giving me some of your time today. Good to be here. I got the message through and it was Waterloo Road. There were happy memories and I thought, let's revisit it. So here I am. Uh, you can ask me anything you like. Well, it's good. I mean, one of the things that's come through doing this podcast and speaking to cast members is that you all have such fond memories. It sounds like it was such a lovely experience. It really it was. Do you know what? It was hectic as well. You, I mustn't forget, you know, it's, it's easy to look back with the rose tinted spectacles and think it was all fantastic. One of the drawbacks was because of the nature of the programme and how it's filmed, there was a thing called double and triple banking, meaning you had to learn scenes from six or seven episodes ahead. And then you might be doing them in the first week. So it was a crazy schedule. The scheduling was, I understand why it had to be that way, but that was good. But, but that kind of um, gave it a, a bit of tension and, and, and um, put you in a creative space where you kind of had to get it right. You had, you had to be on it. There was no lazing around. And that created an energy all of its own, which um, seemed to be bubbling throughout everyone in the cast. You know, there was no time to, usually with a film or something like that, you get quite a lot of downtime. With that, you just don't, you know, so it provides an energy and, and everyone rides on that. So I enjoyed that. I mean, that's fascinating as well, given how much of the cast is 
young and theoretically inexperienced actors to have to get it in the can so quickly and so efficiently must have been really challenging. I think probably that's one of the reasons why as well. You know, you forget that you're working with a lot of young cast members and I don't know, you know, they have special scheduling hours as well. So they they can't be there that long. They have to get those scenes right, get in and out. And for the adult actors, um, you, just the same. You know, you, you just have to, you could do six pages of this and then, then right, quick move to the next location. This is for a scene that come, come, is happening in four weeks, but, you know, it's the marriage scene. It's the big marriage scene or whatever, and you're just plonked into these situations and, and you just have to kind of do it. But as I say, it, it provides a certain creative energy and you just go with it. Definitely. That, that must have been mad for someone like Eva Pope, who's in half of all of the scenes. <laughs> I honestly don't know how she did it. I don't know how she did it. I was just there. I was like a hanger on. I was just there in all her scenes, trying to get her to marry me, <laughs> trying to win her trust, get her to marry me. And, and she was like, she had this storyline, several other storylines. I do not know how she did it. Uh, amazing actress, fantastic to work with, very funny woman, and just, we, we had such a giggle. Um, luckily, you know, our characters, we had all my scenes really with her and with Ruby, um, so so there was that love tangle that, that was going on. But, um, you know, they, they, they just made it, I mean, Eva just made it very easy for me, uh, and, and a lot of fun as well. Well, to take it right back to the start, how, how did Waterloo Road come about for you? How did you first get involved? It came about, I've just been thinking about this. I, I, they actually offered uh, another part to me before this happened. And I, and I couldn't do it because I was doing something else. And I thought, oh, and, and, it, and it wasn't really on my radar. It was, um, you know, of course I was aware of it. It's like Waterloo, it's always on, but it wasn't really my age bracket. I never really watched it, but I yeah. was more than aware of it. And, and, and then um, the next season, or, or I don't know how long the time was in, in between, they offered me it again. I was like, oh, let's have a look at it. So I had a look at this show. I thought, this is really good. And the character was interesting. You know, he was this guy who'd been out of, uh, he'd, he'd known Eva's character before, Rachel before, um, and then he'd put on loads of weight and then he got into food tech. He'd learned more about himself and, and got really fit and come back and was reintroduced to Eva and all of those dramas, you know, ensued from there. So I thought that, that you know, potentially that's fantastic. So, um, so I did it, I said yes. And then went along and never, never done anything like that before. Um, and, as I say, when you get there, it's just, there's your costume, you're on it. Over there, it's like, right, go for it. And you're in, involved in these mad, crazy, dramatic scenes. Um, you know, you, usually when, when you're doing a film or something like that, you, you, you're, you're much more part of the process in terms of writing. Not that you, you don't contribute to the writing, but you're well aware of what's happening and when it's happening. Whereas that, it happens so fast. It's such a fast turnover that you're not entirely sure if your storyline is changing by the day or by the week. And then you watch the result and you go, that really works. I was really surprised when I watched the first few episodes um, that I'd not been in, but just Waterloo Road when I was asked to watch it. Um, I, I found them really moving and really, you know, energised and great dramatic devices, um, good acting. It was has got a real energy about it, hasn't it? Yeah, I suppose that's quite fascinating that you had to sort of just kind of go with it when you were sent in, given that, you you know, you were joining a programme which by this point was a big success, had been going for five years. And I imagine it was quite a well-oiled machine by the time you got involved. I think it was. And like, exactly. It's like a train and you just hop on and, and you can't start talking, now, what, where does my character, what, what's, what does he want? And what it's like... There's your costume. There's Eva. You're in love with Eva, and you've got to marry her. Go. And it's like, okay, great. And all these crazy other storylines that were dipping in and out of that. Um, but again, it comes back to that thing of providing an energy where you can't. You can either resist it or you can go with it, and you have to go with it. 
and it's kind of irresistible. It was a, it was, it was a lot of fun. Um, a lot of good storylines, great actors, and that mixture again of, of very young people there as well. It's like I'd never been in anything where there's just surrounded by sort of young people as well in the green room and uh, and their chaperones and all this different kind of energy to anything. I'd, and of course, we shot it in a school, so it's the location was a school, which is another bizarre kind of thing. Usually, you're doing something and you go into the school and these scenes are the school scenes, but this was entirely set in, in a school and, and it worked you know they had all their dressing rooms all their makeup and everything was there and then go into that classroom go into that classroom and do your scenes um just quickly are you able to say which role you were offered before i just, you know, i knew you'd ask me that and i, I genuinely cannot remember i don't know <laughs> because when i when i was in was i in episode uh, was i in series five yes second half of series five second half of series five so it may have been a character in the first half of series five or it may have been someone from four i don't know i wish i knew <laughs> probably I've got it somewhere, you know, and I could probably have a look. But And probably it would be unfair as well to say that because, uh, you know, someone else took that job. And I, I, so I can't actually, thankfully, I can't remember. <laughs> Honestly. No, it's interesting. And, and I'm interested to ask about the fact that it was in a school because other cast members obviously talked about that. And I think that's really fascinating. And does it help when you're playing someone? So you're playing a teacher and a teacher is such a specific type of person and teachers have such a specific way of talking and a specific way of acting did it make it easier to do that given that you were in a school I think it did you know that, that's it's a good question because it's one of the um, characteristics you have to adopt because I'm not a teacher but, but you, you have to you know they do speak in a certain way and and, and my sort of character is kind of a, a, a mashup between um, Jamie Oliver and, and Gordon Ramsay type figure, wasn't yes. it? That's how they'd said it to me. Because he was he was trying to change the eating habits of the school. That was one of his storylines, which, you know, um, Jamie Oliver had done really successfully just before that point, you know. So 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 there's a lot of responsibility in that sense. And I was thinking, well, how do how do these people speak? So I I looked at those guys and and tried to get some of that kind of um rhythm in the speeches when I was doing speeches to the kids and in food tech and trying to get them to onto the right track in terms of dietary requirements and things like that so you can there's lots of things that can help you by literally looking at people who do that for a living and the other thing is teacher and just remembering how your teachers spoke and the cadence that they had and the rhythms that they had and were they a boring teacher were they an interesting teacher and trying to tap into those things and think what, what kind of teacher would this guy be and um it didn't come easy actually for I, I struggled with that a little bit at first and then I, I i found it i suppose relatively quickly like you just have to do but uh it's interesting you pointed out because I'm, I'm going back in time and i'm remembering i did struggle with that for a while because i'm not a teacher and, and and but but i did find it i think and and, and uh, enjoyed playing yeah i think so i think the jamie oliver thing is really fascinating because obviously that was such a big deal at the time like i remember you know i was you know starting secondary school i think sort of I don't know, the middle of the noughties, right in the heart of Jamie Oliver. I remember the day that I remember coming back for a new school year and all of our vending machines with Kit Kats in were just gone. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely got it in every sense of the word. <laughs> yeah, they just, they'd gone completely. And, you know, we were all a, a bit of a loss. And so it's fascinating because Jamie Oliver, as a teenager at the time, was kind of like a hate figure. That's interesting, yeah, because politically, you know, as, as someone a bit older, you think, well, he's doing a fantastic job. But yeah, for you, for the guinea pigs going, where's the chocolate? Yeah. Where's the chips? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are you talking about? <laughs> exactly. That. But it's interesting because Adam, Adam isn't that. The kids really like him and really get on with him. That's a good point, yeah. I always felt like he was constantly trying to bombard them with this healthy information and, 
and you're right, you know, I think, you know, because we're trying to also teach the public things, you know, and, and, and influence. Yeah. It's like, you know, this, this guy comes along with great food tech ideas and people, and the kids accept it. So, um, you know, I think the message was good because I think, you know, uh, that kind of figure is a positive sort of social message, isn't it? So I was carrying that a little bit. And I think Waterloo Road had a responsibility to, to view that in a positive way as well. So, so I didn't get as much resistance as Jamie probably got from you guys. <laughs> that last point you made is really fascinating because that's something we talk about a lot with Waterloo Road. And one of the things that I think helps the show endure for as long as it did was its willingness to tackle things that were big topics at the time. When I saw the show for the first time, I, I was genuinely moved by a lot of the storylines. I thought they had great impact. And I'd left school, obviously, long before that. And, you know, when I was a kid, there was a thing called Grange Hill. I don't know if you guys know that and remember that, but that was our Waterloo Road. I think they're rebooting Grange Hill as a movie, aren't they? As a movie? Really? I think so. I think so. Grange Hill. At a cinema. <laughs> I'll go and watch it. Some great memories. <laughs> but that was our kind of thing where, you, you know, they would, they would source the issues of the day. And, 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 and you sort of need that. As a, as a young adult, as a, as a, as a kid, you know, you, it, it's good to have it reflected and to have it debated. Um, and I think Waterloo Road was doing that, um, uh, certainly from the food tech um, uh, place. And there were obviously some very high drama, kind of dramatic storylines as well, maybe <laughs> that maybe most people don't um, endure during their lives. But, um, but, but mostly I think everyone could relate to something that was happening. Yeah, I think that's definitely the case. Um, and so when you joined the show, we've spoken about working with Eva and with Elizabeth Barrington, who played Ruby. How important was it, given that you were coming into an environment that was already set up, to have a guide in the shape of Eva who knew it inside out and backwards already? Just brilliant. I mean, luckily, you know, it doesn't always happen this way, I suppose, but we got on very well right from the off. So she obviously helped me. I, I, I was going, what's happening? You know, why, why are things moving so fast? <laughs> you know, why do I have to learn six pages of dialogue the night before I'm doing this? Yeah. And she would, she's been there for a while. She's been there, seen it, done it. She's very good at it. And she'd kind of, she'd got it contained. You know what I mean? She'd found a way of, of doing it and doing it well. And, um, and she sort of tried to pass that on to me. And, and, and you, I learned from her very quickly, I guess. Um, uh, and, and, it, and it sink or swim, as I said, it's one of those things you're literally thrown in. Thank God I had the guide, you know, in Eva, who would just put <laughs> me on the straight and narrow. And we had such a giggle. I mean, I was, um, I was terrible in that. And I think it was from um, a nervousness of not knowing the lines so well. You know, I, I'm, I'm used to the things that I'd done before. I'd always had far more prep time. And that's really important for an actor to feel secure in what you're doing, what you're saying, how you're going to say it. You've rehearsed it a little bit, even if you've not rehearsed it with your fellow actors, you know, you kind of know what you're doing. In that, you really don't. It's learn the lines and you're on. It's like, let's find the scene on the floor. And so, you know, that, uh, again, it, it brings me back to that, that running train that you hop on and you just get on with it. Absolutely. And one of the things I always like to ask the adult actors from Waterloo Road about is about the kids, because um, certainly, you know, in series two of the show before you joined, Jack O'Connell shows up for one episode as a kid. And he's obviously now a movie star and an absolute absolutely. incredible performer. Um, just before you joined, Jenna Coleman was in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so uh, without asking you to name names, I won't ask you to name names. When you're coming in as an adult performer, are you able to go? that one's going to be a star, that one's going to be a star? Um, it's difficult to say, really, because they're, they're, it, it really is odd because they're children. 
you, you know, mm. or, or, and even if they're not children, they're just dressed, dressed like children. So you just go, yes, they're children. We're the adults in the green room and they're the children. And you don't, you don't sort of mix behind the scenes. We have a, uh, a green room as it were, where we can have our yeah. coffee, quick break and then get back to it. Um, so sitting there frantically trying to learn your six pages of dialogue. I'm like, <laughs> what are we doing? I don't know the lines. <laughs> I don't know the lines. Um, I, no, I didn't meet Jack O'Connell, unfortunately, but, um, uh, and so with adults, I've always been able to tell. I've always been able to go, that person's got star quality and, and they will probably do very well. And they usually do. I can't say I did with the kids because it, I didn't really have any scenes with them other than I was generally in a class and they were all sat there and I was yeah. spouting on about sprouts or, you know, <laughs> don't forget to eat your greens. Um, <laughs> so I didn't really get to interact with them. But um, but I know what you mean, you know, in, in some, and I, from, from other projects that I've done, definitely you, you see an actor and you just go, that person's going to be a star. They just have a star quality about them. I see that all the time. Yeah. I mean, it's fascinating. The, the Jack O'Connor one's particularly interesting because I obviously at the time had no idea who Jack O'Connor was. And then I go back and watch it. I don't know what, whatever it was, 2020 when we did the podcast. Yeah. And now obviously knowing who Jack O'Connell is, you watch that episode and you can see, you're like, this guy is a cut above Right. All the other young actors in, in the show. Skins by that point, had he done Skins or was Skins? I think out? it was a similar time. I think it was a similar sort of time. It might have been just before Skins. Right. But it's so fascinating because I, I interviewed um, Jason Merrills, who was in Waterloo Road right at the beginning, and he shared a lot of scenes with Jack O'Connell. Yeah. And he said there's a scene where he has to like wrestle the Jack O'Connell character into a classroom, and he says he just had to wrestle Jack O'Connell into a classroom. Like <laughs> he just went for it. Method. <laughs> Absolutely. And so yeah, I just I find that fascinating. Yeah, they do. And, and you know, um, Bridgerton, which I haven't seen, but the young lass in that was, she was there. She yeah. was in Waterloo, where it, you know, so, so yeah, um, that's where you're going to find your pool of talent, isn't it? In, in something where yeah. they're honing their skills as children, I guess, and growing up and then getting better parts if it goes that way for them. And so, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, interesting, interesting. And that, that kind of leads on to something else I wanted to ask about, which is opportunities for Northern actors, particularly yeah. young Northern actors. It must have been so important at that time for young Northern actors to have a show like this that they could go into and could get them roles in movies or in Bridgerton or things like that. You're right, yeah, because uh, everybody sees it as, um, no one really sees it as a springboard. People see it as as the entity that it is itself, it's Waterloo Road, but obviously it's a showcase for those young people. And um uh, and to have that in the north, you know, is fantastic. I didn't have anything like that when I was a kid. You know, the Grand Hill thing was a, a very much a southern thing, yeah. so it was it was a million miles away from me. Do you know? But if, if had I been doing my acting when I was younger and 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 known about Waterloo Road, had that been around then, I would definitely try to get in that and use that as a, some kind of um, showcase to to get in, you know other roles and things like that. But I'm so glad that it has. And isn't it coming back? It is. It, it moved is. to Scotland, didn't it, for a while. It moved to Scotland. Yes. I think so, yeah, it moved to Scotland about two years before it finished. But I think it finished in, off the top of my head, 2015. And the right. BBC announced last year, which, let me tell you, was a crazy day for somebody who hosts a podcast about Waterloo Road. Yeah. <laughs> the right one. <laughs> I, 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 I was in a film screening that morning. I came out and turned my phone back on and my phone was just like buzzing. I was like, why? Why is it? Because people were just texting me saying, have you seen that Waterloo Road's going back? Good on you. That's brilliant. You can just continue this forever. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. It can go on indefinitely. But no, yeah, they are they are bringing it back. And I think, again, it's fascinating to because that's now going to be another opportunity for the next generation of, of Northern actors. Yeah, 
Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, issues of the day to be churned around and talked about and brought up through uh, young people. Um, absolutely. I think it does a good thing as well as a dramatic piece when it is dramatic, yeah. moving, but it's engaging, but it's it has social issues there for the, you know, the next generation to, to, to have a look at. Well, this time around, you'd imagine it would be social media would be a huge role because that, that was yes. sort of, I think around the time you were in it, it was just starting to talk about social media. I got my first iPhone when I did uh, Walter, I remember that. Yeah. So that tells you, that kind of tells you where we were on the um, yeah on the social media thing. And it's, and it's just like exploded, obviously. So yeah, that, of course, they're going to be tackling that. They can't not tackle that, right? Yeah, no, so I, think, I think it'll be really interesting. Would, would uh, you come back as Adam Fleet if you were asked to be in the yeah. new series? Adam Fleet comes back. <laughs> yes why not see what happened to rachel and adam what are they doing uh did, did, did they get divorced <laughs> i think someone wrote to me like uh, on on my instagram someone said i've written you know like um a story about about um adam and rachel and it just i mean i'd never done anything that had so much attention either you know I, i've been in some big films and some good tv uh, shows and things but they never get the kind of attention that waterloo road got i mean people were stopping me in the streets and asking me about the character and all the time it was sort of it was quite intense it's a different sort of thing to to the other kind of work you do as an actor uh, which tells you how enthusiastic the the audience are so i'm, I'm glad it's coming back it's, it's good Definitely. I, will, I, will, I will watch it if i'm not in it <laughs> I'll watch will, it. will you watch it if you are in it <laughs> Adam Fleet returns, brilliant. <laughs> it's interesting you mentioned about other stuff because I, I wanted to ask, was one of the benefits of Waterloo Road getting to play a nice character? Because so many of the characters you played, like I remember first seeing you, I think, in the Tudors. Yeah. Like, <laughs> was it nice to play a nice man? In, in it was, and, it, and it's, it's, it's not easy in a way because... Um, he, when I think of his arc, his story arc, Adam Fleet, it was he was constantly trying to win Rachel's trust, mm -hmm. constantly trying to. I think they'd they'd had some history, and and she obviously is a career woman, was trying to do so much with the school and with herself as well. And um, so so I remember it was a really good intense story out but quite repetitive in a sense so you had to make each scene very different you know and they had to be making some kind of relationship progress and heading in the right direction until eventually you know they decided to get married and, um and, and yeah so generally speaking he, he, i don't think he did anything bad really did he, he had a few um arguments with ruby but it, it seemed to it seemed to me that ruby was um through jealousy or through the the pill taking or whatever she was doing it was the darkened scenes came from that kind of thing from ruby's angle so i guess he was quite a nice regular sort of guy wasn't he who, who just sort of was quite positive and wanted something quite genuine i think so um so maybe refreshing rather than difficult to play that from playing you know the darker characters in the tudors and things like that um i've played so many of those it, it was actually lovely and refreshing to play someone who was just carefree and and who wanted something that was positive and trying to help people along the way yeah i think i was watching your episodes of this last year at around the same time the reckoning came out in the uk so it was <laughs> oh there's a contrast <laughs> yeah it really was it really was I'm a sadist. I mean, I'm just torturing people and beating people up and stabbing people and killing people. Yeah, completely. And I do get, I don't know why, but I get a lot of those roles. <laughs> so it was really lovely to play Adam. I never really thought about it like that. He is, he didn't really have an agenda. He, he, he His motives were really genuine, you know, and um, and positive. So thanks for pointing that. I never really saw it like that. I kind of thought, I think I thought about, oh, this is a light drama. I kind of boxed it into that. Oh, it's, but actually yeah. it wasn't because there was a lot of darkness in Waterloo Road as well. And I think it was, um, 
his character was a bit of a shining light. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think people forget. I, I think probably even we forget doing the podcast how dark it goes. Because I mean, that half series you're in, it's bookended by the first episode of that half is Rachel almost getting blown up in a caravan. That's right. <laughs> and the last one is the two kids going off to the beach to try and kill themselves together. Right, yeah. So it's bookended because all of that stuff is intercut with your wedding. Is it really? It is. <laughs> and it's it's one of those tonal things that Waterloo Road could somehow get away with. And I don't quite know how. I don't know how. And this is what I was saying about the um, being involved in the scripts, uh, you know, whatever happens upstairs and how they're writing and they were constantly changing. This was one of my irksome things was they would, you'd get your dialogue maybe a week before and you go, oh, right, I'll learn it. And I would learn it. And then they go, oh, next day it's changed. Okay. And then the next day it's changed again. And the next, so you, you very suddenly go, I'm going to learn, I'm going to have to learn this the night before because I'm learning 15 different versions of whatever it is. And they were obviously working very hard and furiously on whatever the storylines were. And I always found the storylines. I never knew what the storylines were with the other characters. You literally did not have time. I was always surprised by how strong and emotive they were when I watched them piece together, when the whole thing was edited. They were really strong. And, and like you say, very dark, a good contrast. And I don't know how they managed that balance. I'm not sure, but they did. And maybe that's why the kids liked it. Maybe we're, um, you know, being, um, you know, maybe kids understand these things a lot, a lot better than we do. And we're kind of condescending in a way to think, can you put that darkness with that light? And obviously you can, it works, you know. That must be really odd because there obviously there are certain moments where there'll be separate stories going on and then maybe for one scene they'll like pass by each other and intersect. It must be strange to see that one scene and go, oh, that's the storyline this character's doing. You'd meet everyone in the green room and they'd go off there and you'd go off here and then you, you, you only really see it in the end. You don't see them film the scenes. You, you, I, I'm not joking when you say you haven't got the time to read that. I mean, you, can't, you might scan it and go, okay, they're doing that kind of thing. But it changes and it changes again and it changes again. Until the edit comes out, you don't really know what you've done. And it was always very polished and very um, engaging at the, at the very least, you know, if not like emotional and um, always good. I was, I, was, I was really surprised. I don't know why I was surprised. I kind of, I suppose I thought it was for younger people, a younger audience, and it would never be that heavy. And it actually was. I think it's maybe when it started, it was aimed at a sort of younger audience. And then as it got more successful, I think that, you know, the budgets got bigger perhaps. And like certainly the series you're in and the start of series six there's a huge uptick in the level of production and like that explosion stunt with rachel at the start of the, the bit you're in is by far the biggest stunt they've done right. up to that point and i do remember that actually i remember the images of that i, I don't know why i mean they must have advertised that I, I, I wasn't involved in that but i have seen it yeah because yeah. it's, it's the beginning of the half of the series you're in i think you come in maybe in the next episode right so Okay, so this positive chef after the... Um, yeah, yeah, that's it. Well, yeah, you step in after she's almost been killed, yeah. It's... <laughs> that's the other thing about the, as an actor, you have to go, she had to brush off so many things. You know, she go, oh, I've been this, I've been that, I've been that, yeah. and, that. and then you have to go, but today I'm this. And you just suspend <laughs> your disbelief, and somehow it works. It just works. <laughs> Definitely. Well, before we go into the quickfire Q&A section and bring this to a close, I wanted to very briefly ask about... What's next for you outside of Waterloo Road? What projects have you got coming up? It's Uncharted next, presumably. Uncharted's coming out. Yeah, that's uh, coming out on February the 18th with, with Tom Holland and, um, gosh, who's in that? Mark Wahlberg, um, Tati Gabrielle. Brilliant cast. Obviously, massive Hollywood film, which we filmed in... Uh, 
2020, the first lockdown, when you were beginning this, I think. We, we were, <laughs> and, and everything's just been delayed, hasn't it? I mean, we did that. So, I, I was recording a podcast on Zoom. You were hanging out with Tom Holland. <laughs> you know, I, I, I felt lucky. Believe me, I, felt, I was thinking, not only the lockdown, I'm in Barcelona with Tom Holland, you know, having fun. It was a great shoot. We had a great time. And I've seen, uh, you know, a lot of the trailers and they look, just looks amazing. That's coming out. And I did the thing straight after that with Gary Oldman, who's my hero, called Slow Horses which is about MI5 and it's about the kind of the dregs of MI5. It's like an antidote to James Bond. It's like they are, they're kind of losers. They're kind of done. They've all done something wrong to, to be in the same office together and, and they're you know, fighting crime from that. But it's, that's for Apple TV with Gary Oldman. That's, I think that's out in March. So that was, that was lovely to do. Um, and other than that, what am I doing? I just made a short film myself. I wrote and directed a short film. So, wow. so just kind of think, keeping things bubbling along, you know, and uh, looking out for my, for my next job as an actor now exciting stuff would you like to do more more directing would you like to direct a feature oh absolutely yeah that's what i've been working towards for, for like 20 years i've been writing for a long time it's really di- i can't you probably know but it's so difficult obviously to get funding for, to, to make a feature but i've been i've tried again and again and, and almost got there you know i've done about four short films that i've not got an imdb i've been learning the craft I think the hardest thing is writing. I think I think mm. directing is. I'm not saying directing is easy, but it's but write, writing is difficult. You know, to to really hone your skills as a writer, it does take at least a decade. Uh, and I feel like I'm ready now. So I've made my mm. first, let's say, short with a crew and cast and everything, and I'm sort of ready to go in that direction now. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Well, I suppose as well, being an actor, you have more interactions with directors than writers, so you see the directing process happening more than the writing process you're speaking the the the, the dialogue etc and you I've, obviously i've read a thousand scripts and, but yeah even directors don't really meet other directors they're very we, mm. we of course meet loads of different directors and see different styles and i'm not saying it's easy or second nature or anything it's not it's very difficult uh, um it's just i think in, in britain specifically writing it's, I think it's getting better now. I just think over the years it hasn't really had as much attention. And I know in America they tend to go for writers' rooms and lots of writers. Yes. But here it tends to be an individual who's writing. Although in Waterloo Road, I think actually it was a, like a writers' room. There were like five of them upstairs, like, and that really works as well because they were under a lot of pressure. That's a high intensity, not just the actors. That, that, you know, to come up with the material is obviously the, the hardest thing. It would be a lot of a lot of plates to spin for one writer. <laughs> can you imagine? Yeah, can you? Imagine? It just couldn't be one writer. That's why I said an Americanness about it because of that. It's, yeah. like, it's not like churning it out because it was quality. If it was rubbish, you'd be you'd say that's churning something out, but it's not. They were obviously up on modern issues and, and creating the drama upstairs. Amazing. <laughs> well, it's been absolutely great to have you on the podcast. Thank you for your time. Um, before I let you go, one of the joys of doing this podcast has been discovering something I didn't realise, which is how much of a fan base Waterloo Road still has. Right. And indeed, he's still gaining. Um, yeah. So before I let you go, is there anything you would like to, to say to the fans of, of Waterloo Road? Uh, no, just, uh, you know, it, it's interesting because it's a lot of time has gone by. So are, there, are those fans grown up? What is the demographic? Because it was on eight o'clock, I remember. It wasn't nine o'clock. Yeah. I was used to doing things that were on at nine o'clock. This was eight o'clock. So it was a whole different animal for me. Yeah, the, the Tudors was definitely on it <laughs> well after nine o'clock. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, <laughs> But, but this one was, no, uh, you know, I, I hope it, well, the fact that it's coming back tells tells its own story, doesn't it? There's still an appetite, which is brilliant. That tells you whether they've grown up or not, or whether it's for the next generation, people want to see this kind of entertainment and this kind of drama. So, um, no, I, I will look out for the next one. And, um, um, and, and if I get a little call for Adam Fleet, I'll be back in the um, old chef uniform. <laughs>
watch this. If you need someone to ha- have a chat about sprouts for 15 minutes. <laughs> I wouldn't, and it's changed so much now, hasn't it? It's um, people are kind of self-governing on their diets and things. And, you know, it's a revolution has happened in that time, hasn't it? So I don't know how relevant Adam would be. He might just be a sports teacher now or something like he might, might <laughs> feel like he's done his cause, you know, and he, uh, he's done something. Maybe, maybe Adam goes the other way. Maybe he goes all the way to the top and he's like a healthy school czar for the government now. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. I can see that. Married to Rachel. What do you think, Rachel? Yeah. yeah I've even forgotten how I spoke in it. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it's um, it's great. I'm glad there's enthusiasm for it. I'm glad it's continuing. It'll be interesting to see if it, um, how it, which direction it goes in, where they film it, whether it's back north, whether it's uh, Scotland. Uh, so many questions. So many questions. Good times, though. Good experience. I loved it. That's it. Well, we'll have the answers soon. Thank you so much for your time. Cheers, Tom. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Take care.